0: Well, I am excited to be with you tonight in our first official service of 2020. Amen? Amen. Woo! We made it. We made it to 2020, people. And uh, I'm excited about this word, um, something that God really, uh, yeah, Amber's like, vision, no, Um No. Uh I thought about saying something with it, and I didn't. I was in a meeting on Thursday. Um, It's a local leadership collaborative, and it's really a great thing. It's... um, um, Leaders of organizations all over um, the Cincinnati area, who um, are Christ followers, and so we come together. We spend about four hours together, um, and we talk about we talk about God, and we pray together, and then we talk about different things, and we educate each other about different things that we do in our work. And uh, um, they right up on the whiteboard as soon as I arrived. This is my first time going there. Was 2020 vision, and the guy even drew glasses with it, and I almost walked right back out. And said, I can't hear this anymore. Um, but I stayed. Last month the last month or so I've really gotten into this place of thinking about the Word of God a lot. Um it's really been kind of interesting uh because I feel such a call right now and this question that keeps coming at me, and I have Asked multiple people the same question a whole lot the last month or two, okay? Uh and that question is, are we really gonna believe this? All of it. <laughs> like, like I, I know, I know there's a lot of it that we like to believe because it feels good. <laughs> and it's like it's exciting. It's like, oh my gosh, God loves me, <laughs> right? Like that's all good and it feels good and it's exciting. And he has such grace and mercy and all these things. Like It's like those are all like the good things that we, and we love. And, and the question I keep asking people is, well, are we going to believe all of the word or some of the word? Right? We have to get to a place where we believe the word. <laughs> Not this section of the word, not these passages because, you know, I was able to go to Hobby Lobby and they already had it printed out on the thing for me. And so I hung in my house. And so as for me and my house, we serve the Lord, right? <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about really, guys, really caring enough about the heart of God to say, I want to know what he has for me in here. And I, I've run into so many situations where people have struggled with God in this area or in that area or in this thought or in that thought and where God keeps positioning me like is, okay, so we're going to believe the love of God, but we're not going to believe this of God, right? Is that, is that what you're saying? All right. No, 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 no that's not what I'm saying. Huh. We have to believe the whole word of God and so this question keeps coming into my mind what if we really what if we really believed the word of God like really believed it applied it and lived it how differently would your life look than it does today now I'll say this some of us can't answer that question you know why because all we know of the word of God is whatever we've heard from some sort of pulpit. And can I tell you what? There is a lot of things in here. There's It's so good. But there are a lot of things that I would say are maybe more difficult to preach than they are to read. Like all of the Begats. <laughs> I preached the bagats once. <laughs> I went through all of them for a Christmas series once and it was a lot of fun. But what if we really believe the word of God? What if we really applied it to our lives? And what if we really believed it to be our daily bread? Instead of singing, right? Instead of singing, it is my daily bread. What if we actually believe that this is what sustains us above all else? Above anything else we could have, anything else we could capture, that we actually believe that the word of God sustained us. We sing so many of these songs, like they're beautiful and they're amazing. And they're scriptural. But most of the times we have no clue where they came from. And can I tell you, the word of God, listen, it has to become your daily bread. And this week specifically, I got wrapped up in one thought that kept hitting me. And this is just this one that just, it just like got in my brain. And things are a little bit easier to get in my brain because there's no hair to keep things from. Like it just goes, it's like in there, guys. It's like, and it's tough to get out. I want you to think about this. How different would our lives be if we truly believed this one simple script, one scripture, okay? If we believed just this one and we actually decided we were going to make some decisions in our lives because of this one passage, what if we believed and behold, I am coming soon. Hmm. What if we truly believed that he was coming soon? See, that is where my brain has been all week long. And I've been thinking to myself, and I said it to Beth. Beth and I were talking about it last night. We're sitting in the living room, and, and she was like, she asked me, she was like, well, what would you do differently And you know what I said? I said, I've been thinking about this all week long, and I still don't know how to answer that question. (laughs) What if we truly believed that he was coming soon? This week, prepare yourselves, okay? This week, I read through the book of Revelations. (laughs) (laughs) Beth and I both read through the book of Revelations we're we're finishing up our plan and and you know at the end of each reading like you get to um comment to each other about what you thought about today's daily reading okay and i can remember um i think the last 5 or 6 days a lot of our comments were um and whoa and what did that mean can i tell you can can i be honest with you i don't understand revelations all of it I'm allowed to say that. I don't have to understand it all. Beth and I, um, when we first started the church planning uh, journey, uh, Bethany was quick to always say to me, as we would talk about it and how God was leading us into it, she would be the first one to say, but I don't know everything. And I'd be like, cool, because nobody does. (laughs) So we should be able to connect with people because of that, right? I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Revelations chapter 22. Revelation chapter twenty two. If you don't know where Revelations is in the Bible, it's in the very last book of the Bible. Um, chapter twenty two is the very last chapter of the Bible, and I really just realized that we're going to start this year by starting at the end of the Bible. <laughs> wow, I didn't even think through that. I want. I want to. We're going to end up reading through this entire chapter. We're going to break it up in, in, in a half, but and, and I'm probably going to go on a tangent. And what I will tell you is that I believe that most of you know my heart, okay? And my heart is to try to get through the word and to honor him in whatever I say and whatever I do. And I'm just going to warn you, there were some notes that I was writing today that might shake some people up, all right? And the reason I say that is because they shook me up when I was writing them, (laughs) And so I say all that to say this, I believe most of you know my heart, and I am trying to decipher the word as best as I can in what God is doing, and I believe that every single one of us on our journey, there are things that, that God's going to call out to you that maybe he didn't call out to me, and so on and so forth, and so know my heart that as we get into this... Um, I'm not saying everything is going to be perfect and rosy, but I believe that there are some things that God wants to point out to us today as we start getting into this. So we're going to start in Revelation chapter 22, and I'm going to start by reading verses one through seven, okay? We're going to read verses one through seven. It says, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river. The tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed These words are trustworthy and true. I I, got to just say, as I get into this, and as we talk about where we started, right, are we going to believe that these words are trustworthy and true? All of them. The black black ones and the red ones, right? Are we going to believe... That they are trustworthy and true. It says, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. And we're going to stop there right now. I think about the visuals of what John was capturing here, right? John is, John is approached by this angel and, and all of these things have been revealed to him. And if you want to go back and read through revelations and it'll just like explode your mind for a little bit. Okay. You start reading like 12 headed creatures and like all these things that are happening and you're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. What? (laughs) That's what I did at least. Um, I think of the visuals that John is seeing here. He's seeing this the river of life flowing from the throne of God. The tree of life with all of its fruit, right? The fact that nothing is cursed. There's no need for sun because God is the light. It sounds amazing, right? It sounds, unbelie- it sounds like this most beautiful thing that John, after everything he had seen in Revelations, everything that had been re- revealed to him, all of these things, that all of a sudden he sees this beautiful moment that all comes together. And he's looking at it, and I think it is, it is like literally capped off by this beautiful idea that gets planted that says, behold, I am coming soon. Because when you think about what John saw, John just saw something like he's never seen before. And all of a sudden he gets the assurance and the hope that I'm coming soon. That we're going to see and we're going to understand and we're going to experience this. In John's eyes, I believe it brings hope. Such rich, beautiful hope. Because he has seen something like he has never seen before. And as I read this chapter multiple times over and over and over, I began thinking about our own situation. And I think that so many of us aren't experiencing hope like John did in this moment. And I began asking myself, why why aren't we experiencing that type of hope, right? And we'll read in a moment because like what happens in, in the next verse is that when this is all revealed to him, he begins to, he falls down to start to worship. And what's interesting about this is this is some big revelation. It is deep. It is crazy. It is unbelievable, right? And you know what happens when God begins to do something new and something different? We don't start to worship. We get freaked out, right? Like John, John in that moment, seeing all this, seeing everything that the angel is revealing to him, everything that's being poured out to him. And John's right. There's nothing wrong in our mind with freaking out a little bit about what we just saw, right? John begins to fall down in worship. And all these things are being revealed to him. All of these things are being shown to him. And the reality is, is that worship came through revelation. But we're not experiencing revelation in our lives. And I began thinking about, why aren't we experiencing that? T- Listen, I believe that God still wants to reveal his word to us in a mighty way. I believe he wants to reveal what heaven is trying to declare over the earth right now. And I believe we are supposed to tap into that and understand. Listen, there is a physical world and there is a spiritual world. Right? We know what the word says about how we don't don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right? About what? Principalities. Right, these things that are up above and we're and we're walking around like it doesn't even exist. <laughs> like the whole spiritual realm of what's this is hold on, you guys just buckle up, okay? All right. <laughs> the whole spiritual realm of what is happening. And we aren't experiencing revelations like John did. Now some people will tell you that's because the Bible was completed, so God doesn't reveal anything to anyone anymore. And that's not it. It's not what the word says. It's not what the word points to. And I can go through that over and over again. But we're not experiencing worship to this degree because we're not really getting this. We're not letting true revelation take place. So I began thinking about this. Why aren't we getting there? right? Why aren't we getting to true revelation? Why aren't we getting to these types of moments anymore? We're trying to play worship set after worship set to get people pumped up, right? To literally, this is where I'm going to get in trouble, lead people into the presence of God. I heard a pastor last week say this, okay? He was getting up on the pulpit after his worship team had finished worship. And he said, thank you team for leading us into the presence of God. And then he said, but can I tell you last night, I came to the church to pray and the presence of God was already here, okay? But let me explain something to you. When I heard that, I said, and this is where I might get in trouble. So just buckle up. I said, nope, (laughs) <laughs> See we keep thinking that the encounters that we have with the spirit and that the dwelling of the holy spirit is stuck in here. So pastors are coming in and say I'm telling you right now I came into this building last night and the presence of God was so thick. Eh. So I was writing this stuff down as God's like speaking to me, and I'm like, "Woo!" <laughs> I think we've got a little bit of bad theology that we're grabbing a hold of, guys. We're looking at Old Testament God dwelling in the tabernacle, and we're not applying that in Acts 7.48, it says, yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands. Acts 17, 24 says, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. So wait a minute. What does that mean? Here's what happens. This is what I, this is what I think is happening in church culture too much. We have an amazing encounter with the Holy Spirit and with God in a church setting, Okay. I've literally seen it to this point, and and I I am not trying to belittle anything, and I am not saying that God can't do anything that he wants to, okay? Just hear my heart on this. The Holy Spirit dwells within us, and I I have seen encounters. I have seen things where people say, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is moving in this little circle right here. And people clamor to that spot. I'm not saying God can't do anything. But the Holy Spirit, we are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. And so we ask ourselves, why aren't we having revelation? It's because we're ignoring the fact that the Spirit is with us always, right? We are ignoring the fact that we are supposed to walk in this every single day with every encounter that we have, with every hand that we shake, with every eye that we look at. We are carrying the presence of God. And what happens in church culture, see, We want to to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit can't mess you up in a church setting. I'm not saying that, right? But what I'm saying to you is this. We have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and you know what we want to do? We want to call a revival. We want to say, come to this building. Come to this temple. Come to this place so that you can experience what the Holy Spirit is doing. And the Holy Spirit's like, I'm. I'm not even in. Like that's not. That's. It's not what I do. I don't just hang out in the church building waiting for you to arrive so that I can knock you over when you walk in. We're grabbing Old Testament things time and time and time and time again and saying the Holy Spirit rests in the tabernacle. Eh, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's just wrong. We don't understand why we're not experiencing revelation. It's because we're, we're avoiding the spirit that is within us. Acts chapter 2, turn here with me, okay? Acts chapter 2, this is a very familiar passage, a hotly debated passage, right? Everyone freaks out about Acts chapter 2 and what really happened here, and they all take their own spin on it. And I, I'm not, I, I don't plan on getting into everything here, okay? But I, I want to show you what happens on this day, okay? Because this day, this day changes everything. Everything changes this day, this day, Acts chapter two. This is why a lot of churches don't want to talk about Acts chapter two because it freaks people out. Acts chapter two, verses one through six, this shows a very different story about the encounter of the Holy Spirit and the encounter of God in our lives in what I'll call a church setting, okay? It says this, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, okay? Quick quick recap, okay? Jesus has died. He said that I'm going to send the comforter. There's about 120 people that are in this upper room that are praying and seeking God, okay? They're waiting for the comforter is what they're doing, okay? They are asking God, send this comforter so that we can be empowered in all these things, okay? 120 in the upper room, okay, you with me? Okay, cool, five of you. It says, Each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Now, I want you to understand something that does not happen through the book of Acts going forward, okay? In our church culture, if we experienced that, okay? If we experienced all of us in here seeking God, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to war, crazy stuff, right? all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts to move in a mighty way. You can hear the sound of the mighty rushing wind. You know what most churches would do? They would camp out right here. That's why I say they call a revival and then they keep coming back here because they want to keep recreating an experience that they had in the upper room. What you don't read is you don't read for the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, the next decade that they kept going back to the upper room looking for more. You know why? Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, you know what happened? They went out. They went out. Bethany and I went to a church and we were part of a nine month revival. Nine months long. Don't worry, I'm not calling no nine month revival people. <laughs> a nine month revival, and I'm not going to tell you that God didn't do things. And 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 I mean Bethany and I, we experienced it. Many many of you may have been there and have experienced mighty things that happened in that. But there was a point where this it, this this revival started to die. And what didn't make sense about it is the reason it died is because all of a sudden it left the building and it tried to go outside and it pfft, fell flat. Hmm. See, if you if you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not about just speaking in tongues. It's not about just falling over. It's not about running and shouting and screaming. It's not listen. I'm not saying that all those things don't happen, okay? But what I'm saying to you is that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit like this, you go out and you change the world. And the problem is we're not changing the world. What we do is we keep coming back to the same spot, try to see if he would do it again, right? In today's church, we just... Keep coming back. We would honor a place over honoring the Spirit. Because if you think about what most people say in encounters, they say, they, they talk about the place, right? There's so much conversation about the place and how it's so great and there's so many great things happening. And you gotta come, you gotta come and you gotta, you know, all this stuff. And and, and the problem with that is uh, the Holy Spirit wants to minister to everyone right where they're at. They don't have to come to a place. They don't have to be in a building. This is why I, I, I often say, I'm really not worried about packing this church. <laughs> Because I'm worried about packing the kingdom of heaven. And we need to, listen, if we're going to do that, we have to believe this whole word of God. We have to stop, stop putting the spirit into a place where you're only able to encounter what God wants to do in your life in here. In a worship set, in a song, in an altar, in a whatever. Whatever. That's not it. And we are missing out on the depth of who he is and understanding what his word says because this is the only place that we think that we can unpack these things. Because if I was alone, Tom, there's no way I'd read through Revelations. (laughs) There's no way I'd jump into that, man. That's like, that's the, and you know what's crazy when I think about it? It's the word of God and we hide from it. like we don't want to touch that dude <laughs> right like just don't even i read all but revelations <laughs> but this is this is the word of god and see churches all over the nation are dead because they're trying to relive a moment in which god moved instead of moving because of a moment with god <laughs> See we we have this tendency and, and, and this is just human nature. I'm going to move this egg. I'm not trying to play a song for you. Um we we have this tendency that when God does something we want to we want to sit, right? We want to get comfortable. And we want to stay right where God's doing something. If I really felt the Lord when I was sitting in the second pew. I'm sitting in that second pew again. Right? We we are so caught up in the place that God did something. You know, I I don't I don't read on in the word, but everything they did then to the upper room. Right? You don't read about how they memorialize the open room or the, the, the upper room, right? They didn't put a plaque outside of it and say, hey, this is the upper room. This is, you know, they, they, don't, they don't talk about it in the Word. They don't talk about everything that I encountered here. But we, we would. we blast it everywhere. we talk about where it happened, how crazy it was and all of this stuff. And the Holy Spirit is longing to work in you now, in every moment and every day. So I think, of, I think of John having this incredible revelation. John wasn't in a church. John wasn't in a church when all this was revealed to him. He wasn't like sitting in a Sunday sermon and all of a sudden God was like, hey, man, I'm going to have this angel come. And the uh, angel going to show you all kinds of stuff. Um, I'll try to get it done before the worship set because I know it'll be a little distracting if worship stops and the bald guy starts talking and you, you don't have time to write this down. So I'm, I'm gonna try to show you everything uh, that the uh, uh, f- from the angel. Angel's gonna show you all this, so, but try to write it down, try to document it because eventually, you know, it's gonna be kind of a big deal. So if you could do that, it'd be great. No, I think I think if I remember correctly, John was like in prison or he was on an island, right? It wasn't like surrounded by a bunch of Christian pastors that were high five and I'm like, tell me more about what the angel saw, man. It wasn't anything like that. And yet that's how we expect it to happen. Right? I will tell you, my most intimate moments with the Holy Spirit are with no one around sometimes it's in this room, right? Sometimes it's out here and there's no one, no one here. Sometimes it's in my car. It's usually not in my van. I hate my van. But those those moments we're missing and we're missing too many of them and we're not experiencing the revelation of who he is. See, We are waiting and waiting and waiting for these moments. And I I think we've got it all wrong. And, And we can, listen, I can bring evangelists in here that will scream and shout and will get people to do all kinds of crazy stuff. We can. But I'm telling you, the holy spirit is wanting to do something in each of us and this year listen there is something about this year that is going to be different and i don't i can't i can't put my finger on all of it right now but what i am telling you is that we have to understand that the spirit dwells in us. Okay, you say, hey, Tom, you're, you're pushing it here. Like I've been in church services and I've been in the one spot thing. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? 2 Corinthians 6.16 says, Or what agreement? has the temple of God with idols for we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Second Timothy one fourteen. guard through the Holy spirit who dwells in us, the treasure, which has been entrusted to you. We're guarding church buildings, sanctuaries, rooms, and we're actually allowing the real temple of God to go to ruin. Hmm forgive us god you know i uh, bethany and i go through this all the time we listen we love this building we love it i think it's beautiful and it is a gift it is a gift from god and and we're so honored to have it and it's got a, a a beautiful story and um just so many things but we don't want anyone to think this is where the magic happens. <laughs> See, this is, this, guys, this is nothing more than for a way for us to encourage each other, right? Stir up the gifts amongst ourselves. Encourage one another in what you're doing and what you're doing for the Lord and how you're ministering and how you're sharing and how God's working in your life. This is what this is all about. This isn't about a one single single moment to just walk out the door and never be changed. I don't want it. I, I, I'm, I'm not interested in it. I've seen too much of it. I've experienced too much of it. And we keep guarding these church buildings and these sanctuaries and these things and these, these sacred cows. When people ask, when pastors ask me, why did you plant a church, dude? Like there were churches that are in our denomination that you could have went in and they would have paid you to be their pastor. And you know what I always say to them? I didn't want any golden calves, man. <laughs> I tell them every time. And they're like, What I was like, man, you know why? Sister Anita bought this piano in whatever it was. And if I do one of these, <laughs> uh, Pastor Tom, did you move that piano? Because Sister Anita put it there. And I and I would get fired within like a week, because next week the piano would be gone. <laughs> but in in our own, in our own walk as a church we can't allow sacred cows to be built up so this sanctuary this place it's not it holy spirit dwells within you you come to me and you say tom i just i, I just feel like i'm in service and i just don't feel the holy spirit well, you, you should you should be feeling him everywhere that's a bigger problem right that's that's, that's like that's this is like call 711 right i guess is that god's i don't know i just made it up I was gonna call it 777, but like the 911 thing, I tried to make it work, it didn't work. Let's go back to Revelations, verse eight. Verse eight, We're going to, I'm gonna finish reading verses eight through 21, okay? It says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things, and when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. Now, listen, listen, this is, this is natural, right? Like, like immediately you want to fall down and worship at the feet. And, and I love what happens here, what, what the angel does here. It says in verse 9, but he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophet's and with those who keep the words of this book. And then he says something very simple. Worship God. Leave that out there for a second. Worship God. Because see, John's natural instinct was first to bow down, and he started start worshiping this angel who was bringing all this, and the angel's like, whoa, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'm a servant just like you. First off, get your mind around this. We are serving with the angels, <laughs> all right? There's a lot to that that I don't understand, <laughs> so I'm not gonna keep talking about it. Um, but the angel says, worship God. You know, a lot of times what happens in church culture is people begin to worship the servant, who created this opportunity for this event or for this revival or for this moment or for whatever it is, and I'm the first one, and I've said it a 100 times, I was just talking about it this week, that I'm the first one to fail you and let you down, so don't you dare put me on a pedestal because I suck. (laughs) Ask Beth. (laughs) I fail like crazy. I mess up all the time. That 's not a license to sin that's not saying that's that's not i 'm not saying that's my life and that's what I do okay but a lot of people who get in these moments will gladly receive that and you know what the angel said stop it's not me worship God, worship God verse ten says this, and he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is near. Let the evil doer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon. There it is again. Bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers, and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. I say all of that to say this. He's coming soon. We need to start living like it. We need to start breaking down some of this theology that has been placed upon us. It's been, listen, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that everyone who, who, who's thought that or, or done these things are evil or anything like that. But what I am telling you, listen, my dad was a pastor all the, all the times of my life, okay? Pastors of a little Baptist church. Literally, I could throw a rock and hit it from here. Okay, maybe I couldn't hit it from here. (laughs) Kevin, go get me a rock. (laughs) And I can tell you some of my brothers would get frustrated with him because when it came to understanding things about the word, um, we would ask questions. And my dad didn't typically answer them. He wouldn't answer them. And they would get frustrated about him. Um, and the reason he wouldn't answer them and he refused to answer them because he would tell us, go look for it. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying he should have always said, go look for it, <laughs> right? Maybe it would have been a, ni- a little nudge would have been nice every now and then. But what I'll tell you is that I learned a whole lot by being told, go look for it. And I feel like God is speaking to many of us with our questions and our concerns and all these things that we're just so unsure of. And I feel like the Father's looking at us and saying, go look. See, a lot of times people want to go look to receive a word from a man. I need I need a word from the Lord. Pray for me. Can you give me a word? Mike and Kim used to deal with this all the time. People come and I need a word from the Lord. They'd be like, um, there's how many are in here? <laughs> Kevin, do you know? Dang it. Um should have looked that up before I got up here and said all that. <laughs> Um, and I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not saying that God doesn't speak a word to people. Don't misread that. But what I'm saying is, is there's a frustration that's setting within my spirit when people are looking for man to give them a word and they won't even crack open all of this. I asked myself today and then I was like, Whoa, Tommy, I asked myself today, how many Bibles, Tom, do you think are in this in this actual church? Because we got we got Bibles in here in, in each of these pews, and I got a stack of Bibles that are in here. I got some of my old Bibles that are in here, and I've got more Bibles that have been given us to us over here. I've got some Spanish Bibles, people. Okay? And I began asking myself, if I read the Bible, 150, 167, I don't know how many there are. If I read it that many times, would I be more confident in being able to answer questions like, what the heck's happening in Revelations, Tom? <laughs> Instead, we want, a, we want another book. We want another person. We want someone else to do it for us. And I'm telling you right now, you don't learn as much. You don't understand as much. And so I say this to say, to say that I've said this before Our job as servants for you is not to spoon feed you. It's not our job. This word, we don't live in countries, guys, where you can't get access to this. Where these moments like this are the only time that you could possibly hear the word of God. Okay? This, we got to get in it. We got to know it. We got to live it. We got to understand it. We got to stop being ashamed of what we don't understand. And you know what? Be ashamed that we're not doing the work to understand it. We got to put the effort in here. We got to stop singing, This is my daily bread. And we got to start living, This is my daily bread. I need this. It sustains me. It helps me. It comforts me. It gets me through it. And I don't need Tommy Toes to bring it to me. (laughs) That's it. This word is alive and you have access to it. Most of you probably have more than two of these in your house. And maybe you don't like one because the print's a little bit too small. (laughs) He's coming soon. And I'm telling you, God is calling us to stop acting like he's not. I know it's been some time since that was jotted down, right? But he's coming soon. And I will tell you right now, I want to make sure that this is ready, right? Not this. He's not going to be like, hey, um, did you guys ever finish those ceilings downstairs? Um, I'm going to be like, uh, no. (laughs) It's not going to be like that. My wife, she'll get stressed when projects don't get done. It's the way her brain works. She's like, we got to get some stuff done, right? (laughs) She's always like, you got to get some stuff done around here. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) But we need to believe this word. We need to understand it. We need to live it. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. The Holy Spirit that came to the 120 as divided tongues as a fire is in you if you believe in Jesus. I taught about this months ago, right? We're empowered to live bold lives for Christ, winning people to Jesus, not winning people to buildings. When I was at that um, leadership thing, I mentioned that I was a church planner. When you plant churches, the first thing, how many people, 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 you know? Like, like I've got like this little diary and I'm like, let me count them for you, you know? All of my people. I actually literally talked to a pastor yesterday, and literally a lot of the conversation was well, you know, my people and my count of people. Let me tell you something right now you ain't, ain't none of you my people. You're not my people. I'm not taking responsibility for any of you guys. <laughs> ain't mine. <laughs> not it. You're his. That's it. I'm not a high priest. This isn't Catholicism, guys, right? That's Old Testament. This is the new. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're to walk this out. You're. you're listen, I can't. I can't make you, but man, I'm. You're not going to stop hearing from me. You need to get into this. I don't care. I, listen, take it in little bites if you need to. <laughs> Maybe don't read Revelations in one week. Okay. <laughs> May. <laughs> Maybe that's what's jacked me up. I don't know, guys, okay? It's coming. He's coming. (laughs) But he is, right? We got to stop acting like he's not. We got to stop acting like it's all good, you know? I'll have time to get it cleaned up. I'll have time to read the word. I'll have time to see my family come to know Jesus. I'll have time for my friends to know that, that that man, I'm in love with this Jesus guy, and he's changing my life. Oh, we gotta stop. We got to stop putting this stuff off. we got to believe that he's coming soon because he is. So tonight, as we pray, right, we're going to take a time to respond to the word of God. And here, here's, here's, what, here's what's in my heart. I've asked God to reveal this to me, and I, I'm asking you to pray this. I, I, want, I want us to look at our lives and say, how different would it be? if I truly believed that he was coming soon? What priorities would change? What wouldn't make it on the schedule, right? How would I rework my life, my finances? <laughs> All these things. How, how would everything change if I actually believed, not only that he loved me, not only that he has grace and mercy, but that he's coming soon?